When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did Kyrie really just request a trade from the Cavaliers? Where should he go? Who should the Cavs get in return? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast slash Emergency Periscope. I'm joined by Dave Dufour. We need a, an emergency sound effect to throw in here, but... Uh, why are we here, Dave? Tell me. Why am I here, and why am I? Is my tab not muted? <laughs> uh, you forget every time. Uh, so Kyrie is asked for a trade, apparently, and his agent is not denying it. Brian Windhorst, uh, uh, first with the report, confirmed by David Aldrich and multiple other sources. Uh, yeah, woo. Apparently, he wants to go be the top dog somewhere else. But one of the teams on his list is the San Antonio Spurs. So I'm not sure if – does Kyrie not watch basketball? I, right. I'm not sure. I have a hard time picturing that. I mean, I already had a hard time picturing CP3 on the Spurs. Um, now, Kyrie, though, if you want to get down to it, playing the Tony Parker role – remember, Tony Parker never averaged a ton of assists. Now, part of that could very well be the actual Spurs offense. I'm kind of convinced that there's something about that position that simply doesn't yield a lot of assists. We saw it in Atlanta with Teague running the same system, um, and we see it in the Spurs. So, so either way, you know, Pope Parker was a shoot-first point guard. I mean, there are some similarities there, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that he could work in that role, that, and especially since Pop has, has kind, of, kind of gone a little bit more ISO-heavy in recent seasons to, to kind of – Take advantage of the inefficiencies. I know, but it's the truth. And so the inefficiencies in in NBA defense right now, it's all about ISO and mid-range. That's where you can really find those open shots. And, I mean, Kyrie, is he's good at it. Um, I, I don't know. Like, are you willing to give up DeJounte Murray for him? I, I don't know. I think oh. I'd rather... Well, I'm sorry. Let, let's talk about that because, well, you yeah. know what? I almost feel like we should walk this back and discuss like the, the, the origin of this and how it all came out with Windhorse reporting this uh, and what that means. What does that mean about Cleveland, a team that's been to three straight finals, won one of them, it has a, a shot at winning the Eastern Conference for the next three years, easy, and here's a guy who's a starter on a team, averages all-time greatest numbers he's had in his whole career last year, and he wants out. And he had a weird comment before about, you know, a peculiar situation a week before, which must have been all related. What kind of insanity must exist in Cleveland that would bring about this? this? Um, you know, there is a thing where he says that he wants to be the top dog. At least that's the report. Um, I can't imagine playing with a guy like LeBron James and not enjoying it. And there's this weird, like, Kobe thing with Kyrie, which, you know... I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense in the modern NBA to be that kind of guy. Those guys just aren't successful, the solo guys. Um, you know, we haven't really seen fully formed Kyrie as the best player on his own team. But what's like the peak 
of that team. I mean, how much? How many games are they going to win? Forty? Are they going to make the playoffs? If Kyrie Irving is your best player, can you make the playoffs with him? You're definitely not winning a finals. And LeBron James has been the ultimate teammate for his entire career. He always makes the right pass, always makes the right play, brings out the best in his teammates. And so, like I said to you before, it says more about Kyrie that he wants out than it does about playing with LeBron. I mean, LeBron's got this long track record of success and teammates that are willing to take less money to play and stay with him. And I don't know. It's a bad look for Kyrie. It's sort of like LaMarcus Aldridge wanting out of San Antonio. It says more about the player than it does about the situation. Right. Well, it's also fascinating because um, maybe it's not about on the court necessarily, right? Now, because, again, LeBron, we've always marveled at his ability to make the right play and pass. But um, he controls everything. The whole situation in Cleveland revolves around him. And I would argue that he probably coaches a lot more now uh, than maybe people think as far as what, how much he's controlling with Tyron Lue. So it's possible that could be part of what's kind of driving Kyrie away, this, you know, in a way. Although, again, we have him on the record as saying that he wants to, uh, to be the man. And you're right. We can't argue. We've seen him be the man well, on a team that was really bad and it didn't really work. And we've also seen him be the man when LeBron's on the bench. And it has not been good. It has not been a good look. Certainly in the finals, it wasn't good. And they definitely struggled a lot. Now, I would argue, though, that when you have an 82-game season that's, been, that's, that's focused on LeBron James being the man, it's hard for those five minutes a game when he's out uh, to suddenly like, be able to shift radically and be successful with that, wouldn't you say? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's 100% true. I mean, it, look, at, look at guys coming off the bench. And, and how well they perform versus guys that play 30, 35 minutes. I mean, the, there's, a, there's something to do touching the ball and, and being consistent. Um, I was actually just watching some film about uh, Kyle Korver in the, in the finals and how he was bad. Well, he wasn't getting a lot of touches. Right. And so when you're when you're kind of playing off the ball, actually it was narrated by Kobe Bryant. So there you go. I just watched uh, that today too. Did that, did there that you just go. Come out. Yeah, it was just all over Twitter earlier, and yeah. so and he made some great points about these guys that spot up around the primary ball handler like that, and when they catch, they've got to be ready to shoot, and that's it. And so it's tough to kind of get your rhythm that way, and I, I think it's tough to play. It can be tough to play that way, right? And but, it's almost like Kobe was, was listening to some coach on some you know video uh, two or three years ago. He didn't. He didn't bring up the defense though. He, no, but I'm telling you, I've been saying that since the uh, the Miami Heat finals, when like guys like Shane Battier went into deep slumps because they were not getting touches and the ball slowed down so much, and it was just it's a control thing. And I get it when you want to be that great of a player, you want to feel like you have some sort of control and LeBron just simply trumps everybody else. Ooh, there's a word. Um, as far as having control over the team. And uh, it, it could grate on somebody. Because here's the thing. Like, this is this is as well as uh, – this is the best numbers that, that Kyrie's going to ever put up. All right? He's not going to do better than 25 and a half or whatever he did and seven and shooting 40% from three, right? I can't imagine. I mean, you know, your, your job is just going to get tougher if you're not playing with LeBron James. That's just the reality of the situation. And, you know, to me, I, I wonder behind the scenes if this is more about Kyrie not wanting to be stuck with this team when it's bad. Like if LeBron leaves next summer, this is not a good roster. This roster is only good because of LeBron James. I mean, it's built completely around LeBron and all of his strengths. Kyrie is a perfect number two to LeBron in that sort of system. But it doesn't work without LeBron. I mean, Kyrie is not going to have the success. They, they probably, I don't know, are they... Maybe like an eighth seed. 
seventh seed if no LeBron. So okay, so because here's the I want the argument that would be uh, okay if you take Steph off of the Warriors, they're still a, a title contender. Is that the idea here? Is that or you take KD off the Warriors and they're a title contender, but you take LeBron off. Right, that's that's sort of the idea. Just to give you some comparison. Right, LeBron is the most single valuable player to his team in the entire league, and, and part of that is roster. It's roster construction, style of play, and being LeBron freaking James. Right, like he is the most valuable guy in the league to his team. Um, this, you know, we're going to take the one season thing aside. We're going to look at what the way that team is built completely around him and his strengths and how good he is. Exactly, someone in the chat just said. LeBron is the system, and that is 100% accurate on that team. But if Kyrie thinks LeBron is leaving next summer, which you know the speculation is obviously out there, would you want to be stuck in Cleveland for the next three years? Because that's how much time is left on, on Kyrie's contract. So that's two years post-LeBron. Would you want to be stuck with that roster? No, I don't think so. And so it's either it's – either I would say it's a little bit of both if, if that's the case. If if Kyrie feels like LeBron's going to leave, I bet that's weighing on this. But the stuff where LeBron, where he's saying that he wants to kind of be the guy instead of LeBron, like LeBron's comments, you know, not publicly, but apparently he's disappointed and blindsided by it. Again, LeBron James is the ultimate team player. And like you can fault him for a lot of stuff, but you can't fault him for the way he is with his teammates, the way he moves the basketball, the way he always makes the right play. So you you can't you can't fault him for those things, and it's just weird for a guy to not want to play with him. I I, I really like I was caught off guard by this. Like it's not something I ever would have expected. Uh, you know, to hear this today. Yeah, you know, it's funny when I saw the peculiar situation quote, whatever that was, last a few days ago. That did I did have a raising eyebrow without question. I'm, I'm always kind of raising an eyebrow about LeBron, and in that context, because he does it. Just like I said, it, it's a, it's a different weird connotation for coaches. For sure, for a coach, it's a it's a, a different ball game. You're not like coaching like you would normally coach a team when you have LeBron on your team. And then I suppose it does leaks out to the players as well. But it is weird because obviously the winning aspect of this and, and the ability to do stuff is uh, is is really important. Now, what's interesting here is that we saw James Harden go through one of the single greatest offensive outputs of all time and go to Daryl Morey and say, I can't, I don't want to do that again. Like, that's just too much work, right? Like, so he wants out of the situation. Well, Kyrie is now in a situation where this is as great as it's going to get for him in terms of winning, in terms of stats, I would imagine, and he wants out. Um, it's kind of fascinating because it also means he's going to sacrifice his Supermax deal. And we keep seeing players willing to do this now, right? Isn't that a little bit interesting to you? Well, you know, we've seen a little bit of both, right? We've seen teams not want to pay that Supermax, and we've seen players want to get out. Although, I, I don't think Kyrie is – I don't think he's going to be eligible. I mean, he, he's not going to make any all-NBA teams, I don't think. Uh, is, is, that, is that what it ends up being? That's the last thing? Yeah, he has to make – multiple all-stars. Yeah, he has to make two uh, all-NBA teams out of the, la- of the previous three years leading up to the contract extension. So, yeah, I don't think he's going to be eligible for that. But – but that aside, I mean, this is this is a big deal. Like, I, I mean, the the teams that he's thrown out there uh, were the the Knicks, which is strange, uh, but he could definitely go there and be the guy. Uh, okay. The Spurs also strange because, you know, if you want to be the guy, you're going to go play next to you know instead of the best player in the league, you're going to go play next to the like third or fourth best player in the league, in uh, Kawhi Leonard, and you're not going to be the guy on the Spurs because that's just not how they work. And uh, let's see, Minnesota, where he also wouldn't be the guy. He, you know, he'd be 
second banana to Jimmy Butler. Uh, maybe third if if you put Carl Anthony Towns ahead of him. Uh, and what was the other one? There was one more. Oh, Phoenix. Miami. No, Miami. No. Now, Phoenix makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, and a lot of people on Twitter actually have thrown that out there because you've got the uh, the Eric Bledsoe-LeBron uh, James relationship with Clutch Sports. Not to mention that you know you basically get to swap position for position if you've got Bledsoe for Kyrie. You'll Obviously, you'll have some other pieces moving there as well. Um, I was on the trade machine immediately trying to figure out how do we get Carmelo and Bledsoe to uh, to Cleveland, and it gets messy. You you probably have to add a fourth team, and there's all kinds of stuff. So, um, but I think that the Phoenix stuff makes a lot of sense. But you know, if you're the Cavs, you have all the leverage over Kyrie. But now Kyrie has kind of ruined some of your trade leverage a little bit by saying he wants out. So I don't. I mean, you you still have him under contract for three years. The guy's going to show up. He's going to play. So you could just you know do what the Lakers did with Kobe and not trade him, and just hope that you know things work out. Yeah. It's not the, not the worst option. This doesn't mean he's going to get traded. This is just the beginning of the negotiations. Yes, but then again, we're also in this weird situation where the Cavaliers do not have a GM. They don't have anybody to make these deals. It's insane. In fact, they went from, you know, they, they're never going to beat the Warriors the way they're constructed now. Every team in the league has been trying to improve, and they're doing some, a, lot, a lot of deals, and yet the Cavaliers are stuck on the outside, not making any of these things, getting blindsided by the Paul George thing, and they don't have a GM. So it's like, this is a mess. That, that, I wonder if not having a GM played part of, uh, of what this is going on, how Kyrie might have seen that. Because remember, if he's willing to go to the Spurs, he knows he's not going to get his numbers in the Spurs. Right? So that tells you something even a little bit deeper about what he wants and what's not happening in Cleveland. Yeah, or again, it's it's a case of seeing the writing on the wall and wanting to be in a good situation to win. And and so we won't know until he actually comes out and comments on it, which he won't comment on the trade request. His agent has has not commented uh, and actually was asked and just said no comment, which he could have denied. So it means it's it's true. I mean, not that you can't trust uh, the, the guys who are reporting this, but uh, it, it feels like it's pretty true. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just – I don't know. It's it's a weird situation. I really never would have thought this would happen. And I, I think if you're a Cavs fan or if you're you know with the Cavaliers, and even if you're like LeBron James, you probably wish that this would have come out before the draft, you know, as early as possible. Definitely before free agency, so they could have tried to make this move. You know, if you're going to deal him, maybe they could have been in the Chris Paul trade. You know? Oh yeah. Um, oh, you know? how about this? Yeah. How much do? How much? Uh, do you think the, the Rockets would have taken Kyrie? <laughs> you think they would have taken him over over Chris Paul uh, over? CP3? I don't think so. No, I think they they would prefer CP3. CP3 is a better player. Now he's older, but at the same time, I think they like like their roster construction. They were the third best team in the West last year. They felt like they were a couple pieces away from competing. I think they would rather have CP3, but I think I think Cleveland would rather have CP3 than you know whoever they're going to get for Kyrie, and and I think that. You know, people were really pissed at Kevin Durant for for leaving, right? For leaving OKC and not trying to work out some kind of sign and trade so they could get something or whatever. Well, he was a free agent, so this I think Kyrie waiting this long to request a trade, I think that's that's worse. It's definitely worse. You've you've really put them in a in a shitty position. Well, the only question I have there is it's like, you know, it's when you're on a long road trip and all of a sudden you have to go to the bathroom and you say, well, why didn't you go before we left? Well, I didn't have to go before we left. (laughs) 
So, you know, <laughs> maybe, good. you know, Kyrie just it didn't strike him until now, you know, I guess, in theory. I mean, then again, I mean, we've seen it. There's been moments. I don't think it was this year, though. I mean, there's that famous picture, right, of LeBron kind of looking down at Kyrie and yelling at him in the, on the on – the, uh, that wasn't this year, right, on the, on the bench? You I know, can't I just – I just saw the picture on Twitter somewhere. So, I mean, it could have been yesterday for all I know. I mean, so, so, um, you know, uh, so it it sounded like, you know, that was going okay. But again, it just speaks, it does speak interesting volumes. We need to look into this in between the lines here that uh, for whatever we want to say about Kyrie and wanting to leave, where he wants to go in San Antonio, it just it just is very interesting to me that that's not the issue here necessarily about you know um, wanting to go be his own man. Like, although I guess that's that is the quote we have. I don't know. It's a, it's a strange thing. So what what do we get there? You listed a lot of teams and a lot of different possibilities here. Um, so I, let's look at it from the Cavaliers' perspective. Who replaces Kyrie and gets him good enough to beat the the uh, Warriors? Well, I don't, I don't know that you're going to get good enough to beat the Warriors. I mean, unless they could trade him for Steph Curry. And even then, I think that the Warriors team with That'd Kyrie would still beat the Cavs. It would be fun to watch, though. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think Bledsoe, I think Bledsoe could make them better just because he brings so much on defense. And is like he's not – I mean, he's a, he's a drop-off from Kyrie because Kyrie offensively is a great player. And Bledsoe is a good player. I mean, the, the difference is like – Kyrie is like a nine or a ten on offense, and Bledsoe is like a seven. But I think what you gain on defense with Bledsoe is, is important, and not to mention, you know, he shoots the ball decently, uh, you know, as a spot up guy. So it, I don't know. I think that overall you could get a little bit better with Bledsoe, but then again, he's got his own injury concerns. So who knows? Um, ideally, if you're sending Kyrie out, you're actually getting more, you know, more pieces coming back. So maybe you get like Bledsoe and like someone just said in the chat, maybe TJ Warren. Um, which gives you another wing scorer, which is not a bad thing to have in this league. You know, it's a wing league. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting couple of weeks. Um, they're not in any rush to to make a deal. Uh, the rookie extension deadline is still you know a ways away. So yeah, you, you might we might see some stuff happening, and and I'll be curious to see how this story develops over the next you know few days. It's funny that it dropped on a Friday, like politics. Right. You know, it's going to die down over the weekend. Well, I think the, the, the position I wanted them to upgrade the most, I felt like, with the Cavs was the shooting guard position. I felt like J.R. Smith is just not the guy at a championship level. I know they won one with him, but he is so up and down all over the place. His defense is really just, is so bad, uh, especially against a team like the Warriors, that to me it felt like, you know, that's the position they would want to upgrade. So it's almost like, well, you know, like Booker is the guy they would they would need, right, to, to upgrade there. But they, I don't think Booker's an upgrade on J.R. Smith. I you mean, don't think Booker's an upgrade on J.R. Smith? No. Oh, I, mean, I think Booker... you put him with uh, LeBron, and he's all those threes that are open now, and he can just sort of be – I would think he'd be, and, and he's he's a little bit better defensively, and not he's not better defensively, but he's better like positionally, and he's not doesn't fall asleep. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I, I still like J.R. Smith. Uh, I think I think J.R. Smith is still a good player, yeah. and I don't think Booker's there yet. I mean, I'm not saying Booker won't get there, but okay. Uh, well, all right, so either what, way, what? Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, so yeah, I, I I'm with you. I think they needed to upgrade. They need help on the wing for sure, but now they've got this whole new mess, right? Like they've got to figure that out, and I, I, I don't know what they're going to do. They they already weren't having an amazing off season, not having a GM, you know. Yeah. I mean, if only they had a guy who was pretty good at dealing with player egos and and putting out fires and things like that in their front office. I mean, 
I mean, if only there was a guy out there that was available um, that maybe was in-house that they could have re-signed to a contract extension to keep him there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it feels like a huge mistake to lose David Griffin now, doesn't it? Right. And he won executive of the year one of those years, didn't he? Uh, yes, he did. Yeah, with the Kevin Love when he got them. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, if only. I mean, it, it's it was, you know – all in an order to save a buck. And we've seen this before, right? I mean, it's all it was, right? Dan Gilbert just didn't want to pay him what he was worth, I think, right? Yeah. And then that yeah, became I that mean, weird, that weird Chauncey so, Phillips thing where, like, Phillips wanted more money even though he had never had a minute of experience in a front office, which is strange to me. But, um, you know, that was weird. But then again, maybe Chauncey Phillips didn't turn it down because of the money. Well, and, you know, he's, he's tight with Ty Lue and he's friends with LeBron. So maybe he has some inside information that we don't. Uh, I, I will say this, the ESPN offered him more money to stay and that was, that was a factor. Okay. But also Dan Gilbert does not value front office guys. Right. He never has. I mean, again, we've talked about this. The next GM will be the fifth one they've had in the last 12 seasons or something like that. So, yeah. And, and you can argue, look, it, it didn't matter. Um, you know, they, they, they were winning, they did well. So, um, uh, anyway, despite that, but again, I, I think we all are, know that it's it's going to be almost impossible to try and turn any kind of deal with, uh, out of this without somebody who knows what they're doing. Um, so, what do we think? So, Bledsoe, I think for sure it would be a great fit for them. Might be the one, the best thing they can do, but it might not even be on the table. Um, you know, you're talking about Derek Rose is now suddenly talking about going to Cleveland. Is that right? Yeah, I guess they had a meeting, and they're gonna, or they're gonna have another meeting. And uh, someone just said Derrick Rose broke up another super team. <laughs> um, now Derrick Rose, uh, I, I, you know, could you could you replace Kyrie with Derrick Rose and have it be okay? I just don't think so. I don't think Derrick Rose shoots the ball well enough. He was like bottom ten in the league on catch and shoot threes last year, or something ridiculous. I'm just pulling this out of thin air. I saw it, and I can't remember if it was bottom ten or like bottom twenty. But he was bad in catch-and-shoot situations, whereas Kyrie's actually pretty good in catch-and-shoot. Um, yeah. And, and, I mean, obviously, if you could get Derrick Rose at the minimum, that's that's actually a value contract. That's not bad. Uh, he's still an okay player. He's just not – I don't think he's a starter. Right. And to go from Kyrie to, to Rose, I think, is a huge downgrade. He can't, he can't play defense. Um, you know, he pounds the ball a little bit too much. And maybe playing with LeBron, he doesn't do that. But, you know, it, we need to see it. Can we uh, go to some questions maybe? Are there any questions that we see right now on Periscope we can answer live, everybody who's out there? Although a lot of people are out there watching this. So uh, I'm kind of curious what the thing is. You see anything, Dave, right now? It's out there. I got one right here. Go ahead. Does this, uh, from George34Marks, does this prove that Blatt couldn't run his system with the Cavs? Uh, Apparently Kyrie is a Kobe-style point guard. Um. Yeah. Well, the irony of what I had noticed was as soon as they fired him, they started to actually run more of David Blatt's offense. So, uh, no, that's the thing about LeBron that kind of rubs me wrong, I think, is that I think he ends up calling all the the, uh, sets and the the actions they're running, a lot of them. So it's almost like it doesn't matter what the coach has anyway, uh, you know, independent of whatever. Only because we'd seen time and again the best stuff that they have that gets the best shots, they don't run. And there doesn't seem to be an explanation for that other than, you know, in the spur of the moment, he's just calling plays. Got a lot of people in the chat who are bringing up John Wall and the fact that he hasn't signed his extension. Um, John Wall for Kyrie doesn't work for the Wizards at all. John, wait, Kyrie for the Wizards doesn't work? 
No. No. They need John Wall. Okay. By the yeah. way, there's another point guard out there that hasn't signed his extension either. Okay. So now now this uh Russell Westbrook <laughs> would be very interesting uh to, right? to go to Cleveland. I, I don't <laughs> I don't know if that would work. I mean, I imagine it would work because he's a great player and LeBron is a great player. But mm, I don't know. That would be pretty tricky. But, man, that would be funny. Oh, gosh. How would you like to be Paul George if Russell Westbrook gets traded for Kyrie Irving? Uh, I don't think Paul George hmm. – I mean, he was traded, right? So it wasn't like he, he had was. a choice of where he went. Um, but – you know, I don't think he would mind. That would be kind of fun in a different way, I suppose, right? You know, no, you don't think that would be as good. No, he could, he could have a year where he gets to be what Westbrook was last year, you know, and try to average a triple double. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, if you want to guarantee Paul George is is gone by the trade deadline, um, then then root for a Russell Westbrook Kyrie trade. I, I don't see that happening huh. uh, from so a money that- standpoint. It would be tricky too. But you think that Russ would would lure point, uh, Paul George to stay like, if Russ decided to stay? That would be a lure for him. Um, no, but I think that they play the season out. If, if Russ if Russ resigns, I think they play the season out and try to sign Paul George next summer. Okay. Um, but this is if Russ resigns that extension. Man, look, I, I tweeted this earlier. The NBA offseason is so much more interesting than the NFL regular season. It's not even close. There's so much stuff to like wrap your head around there's stuff happening every single day like the the nba has done such a great job of making it a 12-month league i mean you know people now follow the front office stuff as closely as they follow the games and in some cases closer there's a lot of people that just follow the front office and look at stats they don't watch games so um yeah well that's weird but okay it Uh, is weird (laughs) but there's a lot of people like that yeah, and that makes sense to some degree. But sometimes when you interact with some of those guys. So, uh, any other questions we have live that we can grab out here out in the uh, Periscope sphere? I got a lot of people. Twitter got a lot of people asking about specific teams. Like, you know, would Kyrie to the Nuggets work? Would Kyrie to to uh, Milwaukee work? I mean, you could make any of these deals work. You can pull in as many teams as you want. But as far as fit goes, you know, where does Kyrie fit? I, I mean, you know, could. If you replaced Isaiah Thomas with Kyrie, I think Boston gets better. But that's not a trade that's going to happen. There, right. you know, I don't think Boston's going to give up assets for Kyrie, and I don't think that the Cavs are going to trade Kyrie to Boston. They're okay. direct competitor. So there's right. a lot of this stuff like Milwaukee. I don't think that that's going to happen. I don't think Milwaukee would want to give up their their length and versatility for Kyrie. And remember, Kyrie's got got some injury concerns in his history like his knees are not great so you know it's uh it's going to be interesting someone is going to act irrationally about this and it's either going to be the Cavs or it's going to be a team the team that trades for Kyrie and we're going to see it well speaking of irrational certainly that can apply to anybody in the Cavaliers uh, organization Tony Rubino on Twitter just uh sent sent a tweet over to me that I saw you know there is another solution to solve this notion of Kyrie wanting to be the man. <laughs> trade LeBron? Yeah. You could trade well, LeBron. <laughs> I think we have to talk about it. Because if, you're, if you think you're going to lose LeBron, and let, you know what? Let's just, let's just be real here. All right? I think LeBron's leaving. I think he's leaving. How, how do you feel, Nick? Um, you know, I, I could never have imagined it after the whole thing with the decision that he'd leave again after coming back. 
But I also never felt like he went back home necessarily. I think he went back to the place where he could control and get the Kevin Love deal ahead of time, which is he knew that was going to happen. And he wouldn't have gone back if, he did, if the Kevin Love thing wasn't happening. So I don't think it's a notion of like him staying at home in Cleveland, right? So, right. so yes, he's clearly a guy who's going to want to you know, get into the best situation he can possibly can to get to the finals and win. So, um, you know, and it's clear, I think, for the rest of his career in Cleveland, the way it stays now, that that's not going to happen. So, yes, uh, I would say it's, it's, a, it's certainly a very distinct possibility that he right. leaves after this year. It just feels that way. I have no source on it or anything like that. It just feels that way. So if you're Cleveland yeah. and you're worried you're going to lose him next summer for nothing – Right. We just saw OKC and what they went through after losing KD. And we have talked extensively about how they can't afford to lose Russell Westbrook this summer for nothing. Um, I, I think you have to entertain the idea of moving him, especially if you're going to also. I mean, if your choice is between I can keep Kyrie for the rest of whatever, like the rest of his contract, resign him uh, or try to move LeBron. And I know LeBron has a no trade clause. That's fine. Like, you work it out with LeBron. I'm sure that there's another team LeBron wouldn't hate to go to, um, you know, maybe in L.A. or or Houston or um, Miami or, you know, wherever. Uh, and remember, D-Wade is going to be working on a buyout with the Bulls. So there's that. Um, I, I just think that uh, you have to at least explore the possibility. I, I think that nothing should be off the table right now for the Cavs because – you run the risk of next summer not having Kyrie Irving or LeBron James if you just deal Kyrie. Right. And, and, and again, if there was any player that would not fetch uh, anywhere near the value in a trade, it would probably be LeBron would be the top of the pyramid. Even though he's at the end of his career now, um, it still feels like that's an issue um, that um, – that like like you'd never get it back. But then again, it's nothing or something, and they would probably still fetch. You know, they'll get a. They should be able to get a, a great young player, a good rotational player who's a veteran, and then a pick, right? At, at least that, and probably another player, right? Oh yeah. I mean, it, obviously, depending on how the cap stuff works out, but they'll make it work. And right. Yeah, they would get a good haul. Yeah, and so it's like. You know, you could get yourself set up for the next 10 years, you know, and have Kyrie be part of that. And hell, Kevin Love, you can maybe package him again and just kind of reboot really quickly, um, you know, before Kevin Love loses his value, which is uh, certainly a concern as well. So, um, whatever yeah. value he has left. Has anything else popped up since we've been on here? I mean, Woj has been silent, it looks like. Kyrie's been yeah. silent. As far we as I we can haven't tell. seen. There's nothing new yet. So, uh, we, we will reserve the right to have another emergency pod. If LeBron James asks for a trade, yeah, or you know Tristan Thompson, do we do we do an emergency pod if Tristan Thompson asks for a trade? No, no. Okay. What about <laughs> Channing Fry? So. I like Channing. So yeah, yeah. Channing, you know, you know James Jones. Although did James Jones just sign? Is he now a coach or something? No. Or? Uh, yeah. So he's now in the front office in Phoenix. Oh, that's right. Okay. So he's going back to where he started. Right. Or maybe he didn't start there. But he played there, right? He, he, I think he played there at some point. But he, you know, he was in Miami for a long time. Right if only we had a way to look this stuff up. But, uh. oh, you know. Anyway, James Jones, a great guy, one of the smarter guys I've ever talked to, especially about shooting. So, uh, you know, uh, glad to see him doing well. Uh, we'll have to keep our, uh, our fingers on the tab, but like, let's get this podcast out quickly so we can beat everybody out on all of our hot takes of trading LeBron and, uh, and, and uh, whatnot. I don't think that any of these were hot takes at all. There was nothing hot takey. Right, As, including including J.R. Smith being a better player than Devin Booker. 
Oh, right um, now, right now, right I, I, now. You know, well, we we might have to battle about. That. I mean, I'm just not a fan of Jr. I just really don't. I just you know, from, from a consistency standpoint, not that maybe Booker is not that consistent either. But Booker's I just feel just like high, he's high volume. Who is Booker is. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like he's, you know, he. remember what I said about NBA players who look like they're like 16 when they get in the league? Right. I, I can't judge them until they start looking about 19, 20. He's <laughs> finally getting there. You know, Austin Rivers is almost 21 looking, you know, maybe by now right. when he wears a hat. So, um, you know, so we're getting there with him. So we'll have to find out. This year will be a big yeah. make or break year for Booker for sure. Yeah, and again, this is not me saying that Devin Booker is not going to be, you know, a top five shooting guard in the league at some point. I, I, I think I'm high on him. I just think that if your if your goal is to win the title right now, I think J.R. Smith is a better player for you than Devin Booker is. Um, That's it. I don't know. So it's not a hot take at all. Okay, I, I don't, but I don't agree with that either. I feel like that, that J.R. was one of the big culprits uh, for why the Cavs were doomed. I mean, there's a lot of things going on, but. Uh, you know, and by the way, it's, it's specifically for the Warriors. Like, if they play on other teams, maybe J.R. Smith doesn't, doesn't have those issues as much. But this is where we are. We have the Warriors to deal with uh, on the other side. So, uh, Dave, awesome emergency podcast. We should do this more often because certainly the amount of people here in the live chat was uh, uh, overwhelmingly large. Yeah, we had a lot of people in here today. So, yeah. uh, I guess everybody who's watching, uh, if you're listening to the audio, Join us Sunday night for the uh, for the live show again yeah. for the weekly podcast. And you know what? Maybe this is time to finally launch our daily uh, radio show. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that. Yeah, let's do that. Like you know, for an hour a day, right around this time sounds perfect for me. So, all right, we'll figure that out. Thanks for coming on, Dave. Thank you all for uh, listening and watching and giving us your questions. And don't forget, sports fans at B Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel, we're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Dave? Yes, I am. Yeah.